Welcome to the Gen Z Stoic Podcast, where every week we strive to lead younger generations on a path to virtue through the insight of Stoic teachings and personal stories from our lives as Gen Z Stoics. Welcome to this week's episode of the Gen Z Stoic Podcast, where this week we're going to take a step back and go from kind of applying Stoicism to how do you read Stoicism? How do you read the Stoic texts? Because that's really the foundation of Stoic knowledge and being able to apply this philosophy to your life is how do you read the text? How do you get these insights from these historical figures through their written works? And today we're going to be covering a few tips that we utilized when we were first reading Stoicism and getting into the school of philosophy that helped us better able to understand the message and better able to apply the message to our lives. Yes. And with that, it's important to note that for each individual, it's going to look different. There may be sort of a modified version or method of interpreting the ancient school of philosophy and that's going to that's totally fine uh simply what we're going to be laying out today is what has worked for us what individually has made a difference in our lives and helped us interpret these readings and the teachings to the best of our ability and i'm sure as we get further and further down our path they will change as well but today it's more of a layout of individually for us and then sort of combining ideas and sharing thoughts of what are what are the best ways to truly interpret stoicism so you can best implement it into your life and start living stoically. Mm -hmm. And we talk about all the time, most of our quotes are from Marcus Aurelius, from Seneca, and from Epictetus. And going along those lines, I feel like our first tip and one that we agree on is start with the three main texts. That is Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, Letters from a Stoic by Seneca, and then Discourses by Epictetus. And even start with just one of them. I think these are the three main texts that we quote all the time that a majority of Stoics kind of find as like the foundations of their beliefs. And it's what you should start out with. And they're conveniently packaged so that they're easy to read. They're easy to pick up and put down as you need to. And they're just hard hitting short little stories, basically short, short little anecdotes, short little analogies that provide a fountain of wisdom for your life coming from these ancient dudes back in ancient Rome, ancient Greece, far far back in history yet they are so inquisitive and have such knowledge for even modern times where we have our cell phones we have social media we have you know just constant reminders of kind of non-stoic things and just the kind of run-of-the-mill stuff of the digital age and yet these three stoic texts are kind of the anchor i think in in this world where at least for me if i have trouble with something I've read these texts so much that like I can just go back and look and I can reread and reanalyze and reapply. And so with these three texts being so kind of tremendous in their scope and their wisdom, I think that's exactly what you should start out with because it gives you the best look at what Stoicism is. You can read a lot of fringe stuff by philosophers who maybe aren't 100% Stoics, and that's good philosophy. But if you truly want to understand, if you listen to the podcast and you want to understand what Stoicism is really about, Choose one of these three texts because these are really, um, along with Zeno, who doesn't really have a huge compilation of written works because a lot of his speeches, his teachings weren't recorded. These three were the fathers of Stoicism. And so just like if you want to get an understanding of what America was about, you have to look at the founding fathers. You have to look at Thomas Jefferson, George Washington. If you want to understand what Stoicism about is about, you have to look at Marcus Aurelius and you have to look at meditations. You have to look at Seneca and you have to look at letters from a Stoic. You have to look at Epictetus. So if you're somebody who is struggling to start reading Stoicism, pick one of those texts and just stick to it. 
and be consistent in reading it and try to apply those things. And so that's my first tip is just starting with the main three. And I think that's really important because in everything that you do, it's important to sort of master the little things, the basics, the the groundwork, sort of get that down pat first before you start expanding into a territory that's more unknown and that can be, you know, different than the other sides. And I totally agree. I think I the first book that I picked up was Meditations for me personally. And I, I think yours was Letters of a Stoic with Seneca, if I'm correct about that. That was those were the first two that we sort of talked about. And I believe that these three books sort of provide just a basic insight on what stoicism is. And that is important before you can actually sort of become more advanced and sort of expand your knowledge more and more is you sort of have to understand where did it come from? What are the basic principles? Why is it prevalent today? And also, I think it's interesting, something you said sort of reminded me that the, the insight from so long ago, this ancient insight and wisdom that was, you know, preached so long ago is actually more relevant today and we need it more than ever today and we can sort of see that that stoicism is a solution to move forward as our society very so badly needs today and so i know that your steps are more sort of oriented on how to get started reading it and a few steps that i've implemented are more focused on what to do once you are actually in the process of reading it so i'll start with the first one is if you're whatever text you've chosen to read, whether it's meditations or letters from a Stoic or discourses, it, um, the first step is to either, when you find a passage that's significant to you, is to reread it and break it down and annotate. And the reason that this is important is because it's very easy, at least with meditations anyway, it's a very short read and it can seem just like a lot of basic information all at once. And it would be very easy to read for 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes just sort of skimming through it, seeing everything, but actually understanding what you're reading is completely different. And I know you were going to mention this in a little bit, but um, I know if you want to talk about it real quick and then I'll continue, but reading in five, five, 10 minute intervals. Right. So all three of these texts, the common theme, and like I mentioned a little bit before is that they're very short and they're very just kind of like one stop shop kind of things for a certain issue. And then they move on to another issue. My foundational text, you're correct, was letters from a stoic. And in one article, Seneca will be talking about like family matters and how to deal with your family and just familial relations. And then the next, he's talking about how to deal with like the mob, how to deal with the crowd and groupthink. And so each section kind of doesn't go with the other one. And so that's why I'm saying that these books are meant to be read in very short intervals, because if you read the book in a linear fashion, just from start to end in one sitting, you're not going to truly understand all of the teachings because they don't go together. Stoicism encompasses basically all parts of the human experience, but they don't do it from like birth to death. They do it as they experience life themselves. Mm -hmm. You have to realize that a lot of these readings, a lot of these writings, a lot of these teachings, right? They come from what they experienced in their day-to-day -day life. Seneca experienced something and then he thought about it and he wrote it down in a letter. It wasn't, he had all these thoughts, he wrote them down and then he organized it in a way that you could read it from beginning to end, front cover to back cover. It was just something that as it came to him, he wrote it. And so right. in that manner, it should be, as it comes to you, you read it. You don't read it from beginning to end because then you don't truly understand. And that's not only for letters from a Stoic, that's for meditations and discourses as well. Each of these books is broken up into individual sections. They may be called different things. They may be called, you know, book one, book two, book three, and meditations. They may be called just what different type of letters they are in Seneca's works. But 
Each one is its own individual section and you should treat it as such. And it makes it actually easier to read because you're only doing it for five to 10 minutes. And then you can think about it throughout your day. It makes it a lot easier process for yourself than trying to understand what Seneca means in 30 different letters when they all have a different topic. Because I will acknowledge that Stoicism at times seems like Shakespearean in terms of it being hard to read, the vocab, all of those things, because it's from a different time. But if you take the time to just do it interval by interval in five to 10 minutes, then maybe you can look up what that word means. Maybe you can kind of dissect what each section of the letter means, and you have a more full understanding, and you're getting more out of the process. And that's, I think, kind of the secondary goal here is, of course, we want our audience to read Stoicism, but you should be rewarded for reading Stoicism. You should get kind of the full scope and kind of the full experience of what Stoicism is. And the way you do that is by kind of following these tips, right? Maybe five to 10 minutes doesn't work for you, but just adapt it to your life. And it's just a general general piece of advice is read in short intervals. You decide what those intervals are, but I'm telling you, if you want the full experience, take the time to just sit down and read it one by one by one. And then you can go back and look at, okay, this, this letter said this, this passage said this, and then piece it together so that it can make sense and kind of go in chronological order or just the order of what you're experiencing things in your present life. Exactly. And you sort of covered it, but I'll, I'll say it again. Meditations is essentially one giant reflection and it's not necessarily in chronological order, um, which is why it's important to break it down in intervals. And when you do break it down into these five, 10 minute short reads, and then I'll go back to the point that I was discussing, but it's important to note that the time in which the time, the length, the duration in which you're reading is going to be shorter. And that's going to, that's where these tips become more applicable is in those five to 10 minute intervals. And so, like I said, rereading, breaking it down, annotating, dissecting, and really individually examining each, examining each little part of the, the section of text that you read is going to be the first step in understanding. Because like you said, it can seem very Shakespearean because there are some words that are used in what we believe the wrong context or simply that we just don't understand. And so taking the time to really understand what you're reading and sort of, you know, research, look it up is going to be very crucial into actually understanding what the true message is. And then once you've examined and broken down and really thoroughly analyzed each individual part of the section you just read, ask yourself, how can I apply this into my life, my individual, not the world, just where I'm at right now. And that's especially important because stoicism is going to be interpreted differently by everybody. So if you try to make a generalization to the world with when asking yourself, how can I apply this to my life? That's sort of going to hinder your ability to understand it better. Now, there certainly are times where you can apply stoicism simply to society. We do that all the time in this podcast. We say, if our society was more focused on this aspect of stoicism, it would be better. But when you're reading it individually, when you are the person actually trying to interpret these readings, ask yourself, how can you apply it to your life individually and your life only? Because it starts small. You don't want to start tackling the world's biggest issues right away. You have to start with yourself and then implement that into your community and then your town and then your city and then state and so on and so on. So when you ask yourself, how can you apply it? Maybe write down some examples, maybe journals say, well, he, Marcus Aurelius said, you know, it's better to not to how do we why do we judge ourselves? We take others opinions more more seriously than the opinions of ourselves. And so maybe ask yourself that and say, how can I apply that into my life? What people say at school, what people say about me at work, et cetera, et cetera. 
And then once you've applied it to your life and you can see, it doesn't have to be every single aspect, but once you sort of knocked out the main aspects of your life where you can apply it, then, then meditate on it. And I don't mean sit down, get a pillow, turn on like incense and stuff and meditate on. It. I mean, you can, if you want, if that would help you sort of remember this. But what I mean by is do what Marcus Aurelius did. Journal, reflect, truly write this down every day, make it a staple part of your life. And so it becomes ingrained in your mind and permanently, you know, stamped in your head that this is this is what stoicism is. I'm going to apply this specific principle into my life every day. And it sort of becomes an affirmation. And then eventually it becomes second nature. That's what I started doing. And I know that that's what you've done, especially when you started is you break down basic principles, you meditate and reflect on those every single day. And eventually it just becomes a second nature in your thought process. Mm -hmm. And there's one thing that I'd like to add on to that. While you are reading Stoicism individually, I think that it's very beneficial to have either just somebody else or a group of people to talk about with it. Uh, a lot of that um, is kind of in the form of the podcast for us, where we just talk about Stoicism, what we think, and kind of compare our opinions, either kind of off the air before we start recording or just on the podcast itself. And it's something that you can, I feel like we, you can tell, our audience can tell that it's something that interests us greatly and we get a lot of joy off of kind of debating stoicism kind of interpreting stoicism comparing our interpretations and that's something that i think anybody can find is that when you're reading it's very easy to interpret it two different ways based on your life experiences share those interpretations share those interpretations with somebody else um, if you want to kind of look at it as like an accountability buddy which you know i think we've expressed, especially in our last episode, isn't always the best strategy. But when it comes to reading stoicism, if you have somebody who is kind of that role of somebody who's going to keep you accountable in reading, but also kind of maybe change your perspective based on theirs, it's something that adds even more value to reading stoicism, because everybody's going to interpret it and imply it a different way. And so the more interpretations, the more perspectives you can get on what you just read, especially as it relates to stoicism, is going to be just so beneficial for you in your reading experience. And then you're going to apply it in a better way. And so that's, I think, part of the reason why we always ask for feedback on the podcast is because when we talk about stoicism, while we do research and we do, you know, kind of look at the why behind the quotes and we are very well versed, at the end of the day, it's just my interpretation and your interpretation. It's just our two interpretations. And that's why part of the reason why we ask for feedback all the time is we very much want to hear other people's interpretations of what we say. And then if they read a stoic text or a quote that's related to the issue, how they interpret that and how they apply that. And it's all just because when we talk about stoicism and philosophy in general, it's a community. We are a community of people who are trying to get better. And so we should want to take input from every person in that community because that informs our decision-making, informs our perspective around the sto stoic values, the stoic beliefs in a much greater way than if we were just to sit in our own room, interpret stoicism and then be done with it. And so that's what I want to add on to that. And then if I can continue my final kind of piece of advice is going towards that kind of annotating that recapping all of those things. For me, the best strategy that worked was this especially relates to letters from a stoic is I would read one letter and then just give it an alternate title, give it a title that has meaning to you. If it's a letter about uh, what to do with family or how to avoid going along with the crowd, then give it that title and then apply it to your life. And so I have a, a journal that I do not have with me right now that literally has every single letter 
with an alternate title and then two or three bullet points about how I could apply a specific quote or something along that line towards my own life. And that helped me immensely because Seneca, especially when you're reading it for the first time, is very difficult to read. And at times it can kind of get um, kind of dragged along where you don't understand what's going on or it's kind of off topic or it doesn't really relate to the topic of the letter. And you're like, oh man, well, what does that mean? And for me, the alternate title was great because it meant that I understand, I understood what the letter was about. I could go back to that letter if I was struggling with that issue. And then it also allowed me to kind of avoid some of the fluff because Seneca is somebody who writes with style. And so there's a lot of, there's some fluff in there. There's some stuff that you don't necessarily need to read to be an expert on stoicism. And so when you recap and then you kind of write those bullet points about how can I apply this to my life, you're doing like the basic reading task of conceptualizing, identifying what's important and then applying it. And that's a mark of intelligence and that's a mark of a good reader. And that's not with just stoicism or philosophy, that's with any text. And so why wouldn't, why wouldn't you do that to stoicism? Stoicism, which is built to be applied to your life, just emphasizes that more. And so as with my other two tips, if you go through and you give it an alternate title, and this works for every single, all three of the stoic texts that we mentioned with meditations, you can give each book a different title. With Epictetus, each teaching that they have documented, you can give it a different title. Although Epictetus, the titles are pretty pretty well written, I feel like, in discourses. That's besides the point. But you can give it that alternate title that has more meaning to you and means that you can apply it to your life easier. And therefore, I think that that's the final tip that I would like to give, is that if you start with the main three and you read in very short intervals, the way, in my opinion, and how it worked for me, for you to get the most comprehension and the most value is by just a short recap that requires very little effort and then thinking about how you can apply it. And so you don't have to necessarily sit down and meditate on it because you have it written there. And whenever you're struggling, you can go back and look at it. I'm a big proponent of writing things down when it comes to reading and comprehension and memory. I'm somebody who, if I write something down once, I tend to remember it. And so for me, writing those things down, even if you're somebody who doesn't remember it, you don't have that resource to look back and it's in your own words. It's not some boring text that you might not agree with. It's something that came from you, which means more to you just kind of instinctually. Well, and I was just about to add that when you physically are in the act of writing something down, it's a lot easier to actually retain and remember what you wrote or just like you said, to go back. That was pretty much the entire thought that was in my head as you were saying the importance of writing down the title. And also that not only does writing down the title make it easier to go back to, but what it does is it simply just, it gives you a personalized version of the text you just read for yourself. And that makes it so much easier to actually understand what you're reading. And I guess I don't, I don't necessarily have another tip, but um, sort of advice for approaching stoicism, like the perspective that you should take every, so Based on your life experience, you are going to interpret the text differently. It's not so much that you're reading the text. The text sort of read you. And what I mean by that is the text sort of bring out insight in you that you didn't necessarily realize that you had or perspectives or I guess like hidden biases. You sort of realize, oh, I guess I've always thought this. And so the, the important thing when approaching stoicism is approach it objectively without any bias, because if you have bias, you're going to say, I agree with this and I disagree with this. And I think, yes, that's important. Because then that means you're sort of questioning everything. And I think that's important. You should question what you're consuming, what you're being taught. But the reason that it's so important to approach stoicism itself with little to no bias is because 
you could form an entire society based off the basic teachings of stoicism alone. And that's why it's so powerful is because the teachings of stoicism aren't just, it's not just a school. It's, it creates a functioning world, a functioning society. And that we sort of talked about, that's why we're able to talk about so many, you know, even just using the basics, we can create so many episodes on this podcast, just talking about the basics of stoicism because it's so applicable everywhere and it's so powerful. And so if you approach it, you know, with bias or with an opinion already, you're not going to get the most out of it. Yes, we have to understand that in order to learn, we're going to have people disagree with us. And that can be, if you're having, you know, if you got beef with Marcus Aurelius, like that sucks, but that's good because it's challenging your beliefs. And we've, you know, had conversations ourselves with, you know, we may not disagree or we may not agree on certain aspects of stoicism. And that was especially, you know, prominent in our religion episode. We didn't actually agree on that very much at all when connecting religion to stoicism, but that sort of serves that even though you can disagree with someone, you can still eventually use stoicism to find a common ground between the two areas and being stoic, especially in a discussion where you disagree allows you to have a more meaningful, more logical, you know, discussion with whoever you're talking to. And I would say my last piece when it comes to starting with stoicism is you have to actually take the step, simply take the step of, consistently reading consistently reflecting it can't just be you know it could be once a week but i think you will get more out of it it's like you said with our discipline episode last week if it's a daily consistent part of your routine it has to become engraved within you to truly want to if you truly want to understand what the ancient school of philosophy is teaching it has to become a daily habit it has to become a daily part of your life because in no way with any habit ever will you truly master or truly understand something if you aren't practicing it every day and if it's not a part of who you are. Stoicism isn't just a side hobby for us anymore. It's become a part of our identity. It's become a part of who we are as people and who we present ourselves out to be to the world. It's not just this podcast isn't just a hobby. This podcast is who we are as individuals and we're speaking that out into the world now. So that's sort of the beauty of Stoicism is it brings out new parts of your identity, new ways of living, new ways to act virtuously in your life, especially in a corrupt world like we're living in today. So again, just approach it with an open mind. Be very willing to learn, but you also have to be willing to be consistent. It ultimately comes down to how bad you want to live stoically and become a modern day philosopher. Um, but yeah, that, that would be my last piece of advice is just stay consistent and be very open-minded when interpreting each and every text. And I think... That's absolutely true. But for me, reading Stoicism, I think it's not something where you necessarily have to make it a daily part of your routine. Idealistically, everybody would, and people would acquire this information and they'd apply it. And we'd have kind of a lot more engaged society when it comes to Stoicism. But realistically, I think that while, you know, the gym or something that we talked about last week, that's like a voluntary hardship, consistency is key. Stoicism is not really reading stoicism is not necessarily something you have to be consistent at it's your habits when you read stoicism is the kind of step away i would take from what you just said is that if you can't read stoicism and you read it like once a week that's fine just make sure that you're applying some of these steps and making the process right for you and being consistent within the process because stoicism again is something that's very easy to you know pick up for five minutes and then put down and you can get right back into it whenever you have time next. It's not something where you have to block out part of your schedule. It's something where 
initially when I started reading Stoicism, I did not block out time. And so I was somebody who wasn't consistent and I'm going to read Stoicism for X amount of minutes at this point in my day, every single day. It wasn't my routine. My routine was when I get a chance to read Stoicism, I'm going to grab my journal. I'm going to mark out which letters I want to read, and I'm going to recap them and try to apply them for my life. And then when I don't have time, I'm going to put it down. But the next time that I have an opportunity, I will do the same thing. And that's what worked best for me. Like we had times where I would be in class and I would be bored in high school because high school wasn't engaging for me. And I would pull out, you know, letters from a stoic. I had it on my computer at that point. I'd pull out my computer, I'd pull out my journal and I'd just start reading. And, you know, I really remember um, when I was doing that and people would like judge you for that. And it's just something that kind of stands out to me because if people are going to like notice that, that means that you're doing something kind of exceptional. And so I think that that's my conclusion is people our age who read philosophy, who truly want to understand it and interpret it are doing something amazing. They're doing something really exceptional. And so if you're somebody who wants to stand out, be exceptional, be amazing, read philosophy. It doesn't even have to be stoicism. I'm very into the teachings of Nitschke too. It doesn't just have to be stoicism, but read some kind of philosophy because philosophy is the school that teaches us how to better ourselves, how to make our life better. And I feel like that's just a basic human instinct is you want to make your life better. You want to make yourself a better person. And reading mm -hmm. philosophy and for us, reading stoicism has been the key to doing that. And so that's kind of my final piece of advice is going off of that is like, just be consistent with your habits around reading stoicism. It doesn't have to be a consistent time, a consistent part of your routine for X amount of minutes. Just devote kind of a process and stick to that process. And if that process happens once a week, one week, and then twice a week, and then you don't read it all for a week, that's fine. Because eventually you're going to get through it. And eventually, just like how we kind of got sucked into it, and now we're like just seriously into it. We have a podcast, like how sort of a large part of our life revolves around stoicism. I feel like that happens to a lot of people. Because a lot of people kind of come into it with their biases and think, you know, oh, it's just this thing about not having any emotions, blah, blah, blah. But then you get into it and it's like, this is a lot of common sense. And they think, oh, I didn't think of that. But if he's talking about this, this, and this, then that makes sense. And then all of a sudden you kind of just become like, just, I don't know, obsessed with the ideas around stoicism. And you, then you start to apply it and you see your life change for the better. And so that's a process that starts with kind of the consistent habits around reading stoicism. And you'll eventually pick it up to where, you know, maybe you didn't weren't consistent with your timing. And so you read it once or twice a week at some random times when you had the opportunity. But because it's something that's so interesting, you seek out those opportunities to do it. You get bored in class. And so you pull out the computer and you start reading and interpreting. And you just kind of... By the way, we're not advocating for not paying attention in school. We're just saying that's disclaimer for right. all of the people that may have taken that the wrong way. Fair enough. But... <laughs> My point being that you find an opportunity within your life, like, I don't know, maybe you're like on a 30 minute break from work or something and you're like just sitting in your car doing nothing. It's right. a good opportunity to read it. My point being is that eventually you will go from like kind of just doing it whenever it works for you to now you're going to be actively seeking out opportunities to then it becomes part of your team. So right. don't emphasize the consistency on time first. Emphasize the consistency on your habits of how you read stoicism to get the most out of it for you is my final piece of advice. And I guess I sort of, you're, you're, that's definitely a better way to phrase it. I guess I was sort of emphasizing, you know, the consistency at first, what becomes easier and it becomes, you sort of recognize how to be stoic everywhere in your life. You know, for us, we were sort of, we hammered down on it pretty 
at least personally, I was sort of still them every single day for like a few weeks. And then it sort of, it wasn't like that anymore because I was, I got pretty busy, but because of that consistency at first, I was able to identify areas every single day in situations like, oh, I could be stoic here. I could do this and this and this. And then it was easier simply because I had immersed myself in it consistently for, you know, that first few weeks. And I definitely agree. It's more important to have one high quality interpretation of stoicism a week than to have seven where you're reading for 40, 50 minutes and not get anything out of it. I 100% agree with that. I would just say, if you want to, you know, start quicker, for me, it was easier to more quickly identify stoicism everywhere in the world that I was because I had read it pretty frequently before. That's just the point I was trying to make. And I think, you know, quality over quantity always. But once it sort of just becomes a way of thinking in your second nature, then that's when it sort of becomes a part of your identity and not just a task you have to do every day. And, you know, we've, we, you bond with people over socialism. Like you said, people were looking at you sort of sideways in class because you were choosing to read philosophy. When you have individuals, young adults who are aspiring in this generation, I mean, Back in the day, you had 14 year olds going to war and being mighty soldiers and stuff. And we're definitely nowhere near that at this point. But in, in this generation, if you have young adults who are aspiring to have that, you know, to obtain that level of self understanding and to seek true purpose like that with stoicism, that's pretty exceptional. And that's that puts you in the minority and you're going to be subject to judgment, whether you like it or not. And that's just the way the world works today. But just because you're in a minority doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. As a matter of fact, it usually means you're doing something right and people just simply don't like that. And so it's not it's easy to quit because you be, you're judged or people say, oh, that's weird. Why would you like who cares about that stuff? I have people say they hate philosophy classes here all the time. That's one of our core, you know, general ed class. People are like philosophy sucks. And I'm like, OK, well, I mean, I, I sort of like it, but I'm I'm sorry. And I try to help them out. But at the end of the day, it's a personal journey. Philosophy is it's you. It's your journey of who you are meant to be and what your purpose is. And stoicism is going to be interpreted by you in a way that no one else could explain it to you. So yes, quality over quantity when it comes to, you know, first starting out and understanding, do what works best for you. We just sort of kind of laid out tips that have worked for us and helped us get on track and to get to where we are today. But it's okay if you don't do any of these and you still find something that works for you. We're just trying to lay out sort of a common ground that we think a lot of people could attach onto and start their journey. And one last thing that I would like to emphasize as we wrap up this episode is that um, through all these quotes, we talked about those three main books, right? All three of those books are free online. We obviously bought the paperback copies that cost money. But if cost is an issue, all of these are free online to download and then um, you can read and annotate however you want to. I did the journal. You could probably find a way to do it on your computer or your iPad or whatever you have, whatever is available to you. And it's absolutely free. So, you know, it's something where I feel like I'm able to say that cost should not be a barrier because it is free to download. And the only barrier, again, like most issues, is you yourself. So like Mateo said, take these tips you know, reading in short intervals, doing the recap, doing the alternate title with a grain of salt and, you know, apply it how you want to because it's your life. But at least give the effort to download one of these books and try out a process and see if it works for you. Give the effort because these books are worth it. These books, literally, you read three pages and I guarantee you, you will find something that makes you stop and say, whoa, I can apply this to my life and it's going to be a positive change.
three pages, three to five pages, and you'll find something like that. Because these books are deep. They are very meaningful. Every page is a genuine meditation, a genuine insight, a genuine like observation from some of the smartest people I feel like in the history of the world. Some of the most kind of people who had the most self-control, most self-discipline, most self-understanding and understanding of how the world really works is those insights are found within these texts. So download them for free. It's it's a free purchase of kind of a lifetime of knowledge. And I, I feel like that's very worth it. And that's what I'll end with on today's episode. And a lot of the times you'll realize that at least in these, you know, these three, that a lot of the teachings are very simple concepts. It's not difficult to grasp onto. I mean, when I first read meditations, I was like, this is so simple. Why did I not look at this this way? And a lot of the times it's not something you haven't heard before, but it's looking at something that you've heard before in a different lens. Like you said, Stoics were the most, you know, just emotionally intelligent people on the planet. They understood themselves better than anyone. They, they were so deeply connected with their soul and with, you know, the internal parts of themselves that they, they're almost like superheroes to us. We, we say, how, how could someone be so aware, so intelligent in that way? And like you said, take it with a grain of salt. If you don't want to do any of these things, at least read the first two pages and I guarantee you will see something that says, oh, that's a good point. And if we're wrong, I mean, we're wrong, but I'm pretty sure we're not wrong because universally, these, Stoicism has a lot of universal truths that I believe aren't, that it would be illogical to argue against. So like you said, just pick it up, read the first few pages. They're free. There really is no excuse to not have access to these books unless you don't have internet access. You know, that's a different story, but for the majority you know, of our listeners, they are free online. There is no cost. Just read, read the first few pages, open-minded look at it, interpret it, see what you can do and give us some feedback. We want to know what you think and how you interpret these texts because then we can have meaningful conversations. And also join the Gen Z Stoic community on our website. We have a groups page and we have, you know, Marcus Aurelius groups, Seneca groups, Epictetus groups, beginner Stoic groups. And we would love for you to join and join our community and we will stay connected that way. And we can reach out to you a lot more and have more meaningful conversations. And so, you know, with that, this is the fourth episode of season two on the Gen Z Stoic. Um, we've sort of laid out some tips to get started on Stoicism and how you can start interpreting it and implementing it into your life. And would you have anything to add? Well, and I would be remiss to kind of not acknowledge also on our website, we have short articles that are kind of modeled off of the style that these Stoic texts have been written in terms of just giving you quick advice for certain situations. We have a couple a couple articles up right now. We're going to be adding a couple within the next week. So be sure to check those out as well. If if the Stoic texts don't resonate with you, we don't really use fancy vocab. We don't use ancient language. We try to emphasize that it's easy to read and it's just another asset that you have at your disposal. So if you are trying to get into Stoicism, go check those out as well. Go check out the Stoic for Beginners groups. We're going to be very active engaging with people on there, rewarding people who are just trying to get started with Stoicism. And like Mateo said, this has been episode four of season two. Thank you for listening as always. We'll see you next time.